Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Folks, this is the Inferno Suns Podcast, episode 36 on the Believe Network. I'm here with my trusty co-host, legendary Seth Sabalas. What's up? And Patrick Batillo uh, from uh, Hawaii right now. He's got his lei around his neck. Um, and so I, I really, really am envious of where he is uh, <laughs> because uh, he's he's doing his thing out there in uh you know, wh- wh- which part of Hawaii are you in right now? Uh, right now, I'm in Honolulu. Just Honolulu. come back from Kona and Hilo. Big uh, island. Nice. Yes, sir. Just landed okay, like cool. 30 minutes ago. Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's get right to it, folks. Uh, we actually are going to talk about the Suns Media Day that happened on Monday. It is Tuesday, the October 3rd. And also, we're going to talk about some things regarding the Aiton trade the three-team trade that sent him to Portland and Damon Lillard to the Milwaukee Bucks. And Grayson Allen from the Milwaukee Bucks coming to Phoenix. Also, Keon Johnson, Nasir Little, uh, Drew Eubanks, and their other big, uh, or the former big, uh, with Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, and so that's basically the, the, the biggest thing about the Suns right now. Matt Ishbia started off, Suns Media Day saying that Nurkic was a better fit for their plans going forward uh, with their big three, Bradley Beal, uh, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. So I I really am just scratching my head about Aiton saying yesterday at the Portland Trailblazers Media Day that he is now with a team that wants him to succeed. Uh, Evan Sidery actually tweeted out something earlier. He writes for basketball news uh and he basically actually Forbes sports he's a contributor and and he writes an NBA newsletter uh he said Aiden said and quote I thank Sun's front office for handling it the way that they did uh the way that they handled it just accommodating uh to my wishes and here we are today regarding how he's the one who pushed the trade not the Sun so it's almost the seems like you can't fire me I quit and he doesn't want a reduced role in what the Suns are doing moving forward. So uh, I have my take on this, but we're going to start with you, said about the way Aiden has handled this at Media Day. Yeah, Aiden is hurt. Um, he, he wanted to succeed here in Phoenix, and it sounds like when, through his press conference that he's trying to uh, deter everybody away from the Suns didn't want you. And, and, and uh, you know, as much as Matt want to say the better fit, I do believe, um, obviously, Aiden is the better player uh, out of the two. But uh, there's it, it, going to be a lot of egos that need to be tamed uh, with this big four units uh, if he would have stayed. Uh, and, and, and that's why I've always pushed, like, we can get Rondo. That would be just the calm, the calm of the hurricane, the calm of the storm, because he kind of, you know, he have handled big, big ego guys before. Not that Kevin or or Booker or Bill has big egos, which they probably do and need to be fed, but to a point where he can, you know, get them all cohesive and playing together. Um, but you just didn't, and I, you know, we said this on last, I said this on last podcast that he, 
you know, you got what you wanted. If you thought that Chris was your problem, you thought that, um, uh, you know, coach was your problem, you know, he changed all that and it still should have been, you know, okay. They, they took my request to heed. They, they're going with me. We just don't know. Cause we weren't in those workouts. If he was even coming to the workouts, mm-hmm. um, you know, the pre pre-camp workouts and, you know, who knows, you know, that, that probably was a sign for Matt and, 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 um, you know, having a new coach that I I want to come in with a clean slate. I don't want no no old baggage to come in, and it looks like it's going to be great. Now, Nurkic is a great great player as well. This is not a downplay on him at all. He's going to be effective. He's going to be a banger. He's going to be exactly what I thought that uh, a, a very mature Cousins could do for for the Suns, uh, and he's going to do it without the attitude or the, or the riskiness and without the the problems. Um, uh, and, and he's gonna he's going to invite. Um, and he might he might even invite some somewhat friendship uh, to the Joker. So Joker taking a little bit easy on us too. <laughs> he played Denver, so <laughs> that's my take on it. I, you know, I wish Aiden the best. I thought he was a I thought he was and still is a very young, talented player. Uh, but uh, I think the most part of it, uh, listening to him in the press conference, you know, say, saying he's dominant and dominating and all this, he seemed like he just hurt. He just hurt. Patrick. More delusional, one of the two said, one of the two. Uh, (laughs) No, I mean, like I said, you know, wish him well. Um, Like I said, he's always been great to the fans and and great to me personally. Um, I think I look at culture and I think, you know, not being in those conversations that I said uh, stayed in the locker room, don't truly know. But I think what you did say about uh, Nurkic is he's going to bring that intensity day in and day out. You know what you're going to get from him. You don't have to question if he's going to have energy, effort, if he's going to respond negatively to constructive criticism from his teammates that all just want to compete. And so I think culturally, um, it's a win for the organization um, in terms of, you know, making a change. And hopefully for Aiden, this is great for him, right? He has this full refresh, uh, restart outside of, you know, domination. And and that's who he is. And that's what he's making sure everyone understands. Um, but, you know, I, I think it's just the right move. Um, as we said, you know, in the last pod is if the right deal came, you know, by, uh, Mattishvia would go for it. And, and if it makes the culture better, then, you know, that's what I'm all for. And I think from an effort perspective and everyone being bought in just the first, you know, the media day and then the first set of workouts, hearing the comments coming out of, you know, what Coach Vogel is starting to early drive with accountability, intensity, um, and defense are kind of the themes I've heard coming out of the players already. I think um, this is a perfect fit for that. And Aiden might have struggled, you know, with some of those um, areas based on what we've seen in the past. So, again, wish him well, but uh, can't say I'm not super excited to see uh, what this new identity look Suns uh, will be because uh, he's going to bring a toughness at, and an edge that we have lacked, honestly, after we lost Jay Crowder really. So I'm, I'm excited to see what that looks like and translates to on the floor. Yeah. There's a lot to unpack here with what he said. And I will start with the fact that he said, I'm with a team that wants me to succeed, meaning Portland. So when he said that, it just basically ties to what he said this summer about the Bahamian national team when he played in the FIBA World Cup. And you and I talked about this, said, and I texted this with you last night, Patrick, Dr. Patillo, I should call you. Yes, Mr. Uh, Orange, Sun Superfan. Um, and so he said that he's with the best teammates uh, he's ever been with 
uh, on and off the court. Now, for that is almost spurning the Suns because these guys, there's three players on that Bahamian national team that play in the NBA that I can count offhand. Eric Gordon, who's now with the Suns, and he spoke it the first day of training camp uh, Tuesday today. And then uh, there was Buddy Heald and Aiden. And so this basically is dismissing the fact that the Suns are a team that picked him number one overall as a one and done out of Arizona. And he was giving a max extension, a rookie max. And yes, albeit the market pretty much set the value for him in Indiana for the NBA's biggest offer sheet ever for a rookie max. And the Suns chose to match it within a, a, a day, really quickly. So to retain him as a restricted free agent, they did not have to match him. Uh, they could have let him walk. So they definitely wanted him to succeed after they collapsed in the Western Conference semifinals, game seven to the Dallas Mavericks, embarrassing fashion and having Monty Williams sit him uh, pretty much at the start of the third quarter when they were getting blown out. And it's internal. So this seems like what Monty prophesied going forward, that this with Aiton is internal. And then now it's basically coming out the seams and, and raveling and what we see with what Aiden said. And so for him to say, now I'm with a team that wants me to succeed me in Portland. Yes, they are now uh, pretty much putting him as the number two option. Jeremy Grant, they just gave a five-year extension for, I believe, $160 million. And so he's going to be the number two guy now that Damian Lillard is gone. And Shaden Sharp is a young talent up there. Uh, so is Scoot Henderson, who's probably going to be Number one, excuse me. So Aiden will probably be number two or three, but he's going to do well up there. I think he's going to flourish, but there's a lot of pressure for him up there. Uh, no, I'm sorry. There was a lot of pressure for him in Phoenix. The fan base was always chattering about his aggression. I questioned him about his motor, and he said, I don't know what that is. My name is Dominating. Uh, you know, when I asked him about that uh, last year, uh, a couple months ago, I should say, and he's like, I'm the anchor to the Suns, meaning their defense. And so I don't know what that is. He knows what that means. He hears the outside noise, and he clear, clearly sounds hurt, like you said, uh, Cedric. He he clearly seems jilted, and he sounds like a jilted ex-girlfriend who's moved on. And my wife even discussed this with me. I'll give her credit on this. We had dinner a couple about an hour ago, and she said, there's a difference between being wanted and wanting somebody to succeed. And so when you are wanted, that means that you are retained, you are not shipped off. And it seems like a messy um, a breakup, basically, a divorce. And, and, and with Aiden pretty much you know, being the one who's saying, I'm going to do better without you anyway, because the Suns owner, Matt Ishbia, said that this was a matter of fit. And so with money talking... Aiden costs $133 million for four years, and he's due $33.5 million. Now, Nurkic costs $16.8 million uh, for this season, and that's $16 million less and pretty much being fourth or fifth on the totem pole compared to Bradley Beal, Devin Booker, and Kevin Durant. Now, last year when Kevin Durant came, uh, DeAndre Aiden became not the second option, uh, but really the third or fourth option because, uh, you know, Chris Paul was still there. But he, I, I would say that he became fourth. And for that much money, $33.5 million, just to basically do floaters and turnaround jumpers and pretty much not develop your game beyond that, 
you know, for 33 million, that's going to cost too much. So Nurkic is a better fit monetarily. So I see that Aiden is basically in a situation where he's more affordable up there that they, that Portland will have a little bit more cap room to pay him and he'll pretty much be risen to a, a, a higher option compared to where he is in Phoenix as his team is moving towards a championship contender as expected. And so uh, I, I do believe that Aiden definitely sounds like he's in a honeymoon stage when he said, you know, I'm, I'm with a team that wants me to succeed. I'm dominating. I'm going to give, you know, more you know, of, of that this year than ever. That, that's just the honeymoon stage talking. Just like I said to you, Patrick, the metaphor, you know, it's like going on a first date with a girl and, and you, you tell her, where have you been all my life? I feel like I've known you my whole life. Right. <laughs> you pretty much are just, you know, talking out of the honeymoon stage. And so the sons are long past that with him and he found somebody new. It looks great. It feels great. And so Devin Booker said that he had a, uh, Aiden had a big smile on his face when Aiden got the news that he was traded and they shook hands uh, after five years of playing together and before they parted ways. So that just shows that the, the basically the relationship ran its course and Aiden is pretty much feeling sensitive as we expected from him and it, also my last takeaway from this is that when I asked him how are you feeling uh after game five and after actually game six I should say uh, against Denver when the Suns got blown out at home and ended their season Aiden looked despondent he was his head was down he did not look like he was really really happy about being in the exit interviews he looked like his days were numbered and he knew it so uh, it just seems like, you know, what he said that he pretty much, you know, asked for a trade, you know, uh, in the Suns, um, in this Portland uh, media conference uh, yesterday, it just seemed like he pretty much was uh, at a point where he, he knew he was being pushed out. And so he might as well take his ball and go home to his new home. Yeah. Let me, let me add as a former player on, on where his pain and that I hear it's, um, Let's start from day one, being drafted the number one pick. Um, and then the critics saying uh, Lucas should have been the number one pick. Trey should have been second. They started relining in the lineup. That's where the pain starts. Yeah. And uh, you, you get eliminated by Luca. Right. You know, Dallas Mavericks come in, they they eliminate you. Uh and, and then and then the, the losing in the finals and the and and the, the way Giannis played. But most importantly, um, throughout the five-year journey, he has not ever been the number one lead marketing tool of the Suns, and that hurt. And 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 as a, like it's like I'm saying, as a former player, I, I, each team that I played on, I I know and accepted that role. My '93 team, uh, we all knew Charles is that dude, you know, second in a one-two spot. Kevin Johnson, Dan Marley. It would fluctuate when Kevin was hurt or not uh, on who was that second spot. The third spot was, you know, obviously supposed to be Tom Chambers, but, you know, again, injuries and age kind of, you know, affected Tom. And, um, you know, that third, fourth spot was open to myself, Richard. Uh, Danny would play that role. Frank Johnson would come in. I mean, on and on and on, that role could fluctuate. But we knew who that man was. Now, you come into... The, the, the tunnel, uh, and a lot, a lot of fans don't really know about the tunnel. When you come and park into the tunnel, they got the slots, and and they put you in the slot that you your, your pecking order on the team. 
Charles had the first spot next to Jerry Colangelo. Right. Uh, you know, at the time, Devin had that spot. Spot when Kevin came, Kevin had that spot. So he had to go past, you know, not only Chris Paul, Devin Booker, Kevin Durant. I mean, he had to go past all these people when he's parking his car, and all these emotions just come out of him. And think about the the local advertisement. I mean, it's it's just hard. Shaquille O'Neal is just unbelievable. He's an unbelievable talent. He he gets it, as my mom would say. But it's so hard to market seven foot, two hundred plus 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 pound person if you're not. The, I mean, look at Dwight Howard. Right. You know what I'm saying? Obviously, Dwight. You know, wasn't as dominant as Shaquille, but he's that size and he's lovable and he's friendly. But trying to market that guy is it's really hard to do. Yeah, it's really hard to do. So when Devin got every commercial and you see Chris Paul and 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 uh, State Farm commercials all the time, and then Kevin comes and he's you know he's got Nike, he's got this, he's got all this. You know, this is where the pain that I'm talking about comes from as a player. Uh, and he's and neither one of those three guys were picked number one. Right. Uh, Kevin was number two. Devin was in his slot. Kevin, uh, Chris was in his slot. They were not number one, and he just was not getting that love. And that's where I think he the statement uh, a team that wants me to succeed. It's just your your pecking order, uh, Da was just not there. Uh, you know, Devin Devin's lovable. You know, everybody thinks that they can be like Michael Jordan. Everybody thought that they could actually fly like Michael Jordan because he was, you know, not seven foot, 300 plus pounds. He was a normal size guy. Devin is a normal size guy. He does normal things, dresses normal, drives old school cars. I mean, I can go on and on and on and on. And people date celebrities, he, you know, the swarthy, light skinned dude. Yeah, all that. And charismatic. He, you know, he he makes plays and, and falls asleep on the floor and the bubble. I mean, Great. He just it just did not get that out of eight. And I'm not trying to take away yeah. from his game, but you know, he just this is where the pain, if you if you are trying to figure out what do you mean by, you know, he he was hurt. Uh this is where his hurt came from. And and I don't know if he can control this, Patrick. And he could have controlled the way people market him or see him. And like you said, he's always been nice and he's been nice to me and to probably everybody, one of the nicest general giants that ever come through. Phoenix Suns organization, but yeah, great kid, nice kid. Love covering, yeah, I agree. Yeah, uh, yeah, that's real quick. Can I say something real quick uh, before we jump in, Patrick? I, I do remember when '95, you were the guy on the Lakers, really, with Nick and with Eddie. Okay, you were the guy, and I just remember this well because that highlight when you took Kevin Garnett to the hole in his first rookie highlight and banged on him on that baseline. You know, uh, actually into the paint, that jab, and then you went to the paint and banged on him. You threw your fists up and you yelled at the crowd, he's not ready. He's not ready. Yeah. I remember that and well. I felt, and I felt a, a, a sense of disrespect from Kevin McHale and the Minnesota Timberwolves. It had nothing to do with Kevin Garnett. But his first start, you're going to start him against a uh, all-star small forward? I was like, no, you need to start him against the Clippers you need to start him against Sacramento, who wasn't that good at the time. You need to start him against somebody else. And I felt disrespected like this. Yes, Kevin was going to be great, and he was going to be a Hall of Famer. But uh, at that time, that's what that was. It was more of, a, you know, you're not ready to, to play, you, you know, on the all-star level yet. And you're thinking like, oh, yeah, this is the game we're going to do. And I know it's showtime, and, and it was a national televised game and all that. And if you see any footage of that, please send it because I cannot find it. For some reason, Kevin has had that 
wiped off the face of the earth. And I don't know why. Every time I see him, I say, like, KG, man, get, go ahead and give the release. Give the release of your music, man, because I cannot find that highlight anywhere. Oh, man. You were the guy, man. You had the music video with heavy rotation on Rap City. I mean, you were the guy. Let's just put it out there. Patrick, what do you guys say? Before I, I'm sorry I cut you off. No, you're good. It's just uh, with DA, I, I want him to be successful. I want him to find, you know, what he's looking for. I hope, you know, he's able to excel, be be the number one guy in Portland, and and it brings out the best of him because, again, he's he's been nothing but great to, to myself, the fans, everybody he's kind of interacted with. And so um, just like anyone in life, I, I want them to be happy and successful. And I think, you know, it seems like this is a great move for him and he's happy with it. So um, you know, no hard feelings here. Uh, hopefully we go on to do what we do and he goes on um, and is super successful there. And, and you know, that just catapults his career to where we all know and have wanted, but it just seems like it, for all the reasons, you know, said covered and just the whole dynamic of the Suns organization and the, the personnel that we have had while he's here, you know, it just doesn't seem to have been the best fit for, for him and what he needs internally to then, you know, transcribe that onto the court. So hopefully that's what we start to see, but nine days, we'll find out the first round of that. And then in 13, uh, we'll get to see it in person because uh, he'll be back at, uh, you know, uh, our home at the Footprint Center. So it should be exciting. Yeah, they play the Portland Trailblazers twice in the preseason. Looking forward to that. And uh, real quick, uh, before uh, we move on, I do will say about Nurkic, I am a little bit concerned about his health. He's in his 10th year. He's only played four, uh, the past four years, he's only played 153 games. Okay? I'm a little concerned about that. Okay? But next. Yeah. yeah. Real quick, I, I, I just want to talk about the Jerry Colangelo Classic. I love covering that event. You said you were there. We were there. You had, you're in the presence of greatness uh, around so many legends, including yourself, said, uh, you know, with, you know, Calvin Murphy, my fellow Connecticut dude, you know, he's, you know, he, he was funny. He said that he had a voodoo doll when Mark Price missed that, you know, uh, record uh, that, that what would have been the 78th straight free throw to, after he tied his 77th straight. <laughs> so, uh, you know, but he immediately hit a three-pointer after he missed that. And, and, and hearing guys like... Uh, you know, Clyde Drexler talked to me and 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 the women, the 1976 Olympic women's team, Nancy Lieberman and, uh, you know, uh, having Ann Myers Drysdale there and, uh, you know, Ju uh, uh, Ju Julene uh, Brzezinski Simpson. I mean, that that just was amazing. And Cheryl Miller to see her and talk to them. I, I, I was I was floored oh. to get them together uh and talk but what are your takeaways from uh mr colangelo's event Seth? it's huge uh, it is a big thing it's a big deal it, it you know he he stated um after it was over this is a tournament that people are calling hey hey am i still invited uh you know they're eager to get back to because of the way he handles it uh and in a way the way the legends really show up uh uh you know the the, the the gifts, the perks, uh, you know, be, being on that uh, wonderful campus, the swag, the swag, all of that stuff. I mean, it, it just it's just huge. Uh, the way the, the the way they just treat you, and when you come out there, obviously the flights. I have never flown in for it, but uh, uh, but the flights, you know, first class, you know, every the accommodations first class, uh, and they just really consider you as uh, a, a priority. Uh, and then when and then not only that, you get a lot of great 
wonderful high-end business connections from the participants who 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 shovel out the dough to help the foundation and and uh kick in and and then the treats at the the auctions you know the the, the fantasy USA team uh, being able to get a basketball or something from the whole USA team so now you know the fact that you know those guys were bitten on on that USA uh basketball team stuff and now now seeing that uh Steph and KD have committed and they're waiting on LeBron to commit now you can imagine getting that basketball now with those guys being on that team it just takes it to a whole new to to, to a whole new level so uh just the way and then like you said the 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 legends that come through I I'm a, I've always been a big Cheryl Miller fan and it's not no you know uh, secret you know I wore 31 in college because of Cheryl um <laughs> and I, I did my I did two theses in college on Cheryl and I, even when they asked me about California basketball my and they and they asked me to name my top 5 you know they got the Marcuses Johnson's in there they got a lot of other players John Williams obviously uh, I, and then I I blow them and blow them in the head, and I tell them Cheryl Miller, and I and they're like, no, we're supposed to keep this with men. I was like, Cheryl will wear out any other man that you have because that's what she did, and and not only will she wear you out, she talked trash to you while she's doing it. So, uh, yeah, just the legends that come out and just to see everybody, that's what makes it special. Yeah, Nancy Lieberman told me that she actually had a summer league invite and played with the Lakers when Pat Riley first started coaching in 1981. And I was like, and she showed me the photo to verify, it. and I was like, "Whoa, I didn't know that." And so, yeah, and, then, and then Annie, Annie was drafted by the Pacers. Right, she was drafted by the Pacers, and 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 so these women are, you know, easily can compete with the men, and that's the prize, uh, the the prize thing about being around them is that they were pioneers, is that they could compete with anybody, male or female. They were the the best at the sport, regardless of gender. And, and I do say, I do say now. It, the, Anne and and Nancy, it would have been difficult for them to make an NBA squad because of their weight. Yeah, Cheryl would not only have made a squad, she would have got significant minutes. Not a starter, but she would definitely wouldn't coming off the bench with significant minutes uh, on an NBA team if she had uh, continued to play basketball. If she didn't blow out her knee, really. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. right. Playing against football players. <laughs> right, exactly, and so. Um, I just want to say shout out to Alonzo Mourning, Sean Marion, who I talked to and wrote a piece about him. And to sit on the table next uh, to his table with Nancy Lieberman and and and, and so many other greats uh, at that table, obviously, uh, it, it was just amazing. And shout out to Mark West, who was sitting at your table, um, and, and, and John Calipari. We, him and I reminisced about his UMass days, um, being from New England. And, uh, you know, I still get a kick out of the fact that people used to call me Dingle because of one of his former players, Dana Dingle, who played for him in the final four with Marcus Camby and uh, Tate Bright and, you know, and Carmelo Travieso and Edgar Padilla, uh, who got crossed by Iverson and then Iverson dunked on Camby in that League Eight game. And then UMass actually, you know, went on to the final four. But I, I cherish being called Dingle from back then because that was the only black male Dingle playing basketball that all my peers knew at the time besides himself. But anyway, I really appreciate you guys coming on, talking. We got just two minutes left. Any parting words from you, Mr. Batillo, um, a.k.a. Mr. Orange? 
Yeah, just uh, super excited. Uh, you know, now everything's here. So uh, media day is done, all the hype, uh, the training camp has started. And then, you know, nine days away from, you know, the first preseason game. So it is all here. And then if you're in the Valley, uh, don't forget every year. So it'll be um, actually it begins the night that we play Portland in Phoenix, where um, ABC are actually our Arizona's family. So channels three and five who will cover most of our games this year. Uh, Paul Horton does his annual car wash uh, fundraiser. So it'll be that whole week. So from the 16th to the 20th. Um, of October, and that's at Desert Ridge. So I'll be out there uh, before heading to the arena um, on Monday the 16th just to show support. So anybody that's in the Valley, swing on by that week. No doubt. And with under a minute left for Patrick Patillo, who's on his way to defend his 4A state championship this season with his Peoria High School squad, and for Cedric Sabalas, the legend, I'm Dana Scott. Host of the Inferno, episode 36 is complete. On to 37 with more from Suns Training Camp next week. Peace. Thanks for listening. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.